Blog Talk Radio. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Yo, what's good? What's good? What's good, everybody? We're all Good morning. What happened to the last time I was This is so crazy. <clears throat> Blog talk wouldn't let me in this morning. But good morning, everyone. Happy football Sunday. Yes, it is preseason. That's okay. It doesn't matter. We're still celebrating football and all of its exhibition glory. So good morning, guys. This is your host, Cass, and I have Mike and Michael on the line. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. no, no dry good morning today, huh? <laughs> no, no dry one today. Everything else uh, might be hey. dry, but that good morning is um is wide awake. All right, I can take that because normally you're like, yeah, you know how I am. I wait until we get into the show and then I'll I'll get a little bit happier and a little bit more alive, but today, no, I'm not feeling really mad. At least I was just saying last week, so I can appreciate the enthusiasm of being up and getting to having the opportunity to talk about our favorite subject on Sundays, which is football. Football. <laughs> All right, so as we lead off, um, of course, like once again, it is still preseason, so a few people are hyped, some aren't. The title of this show is It's Only Preseason. Uh, it's cool for some teams, but a bit of worry for a few others. So one of the teams that seems to be causing one of the biggest concerns in the NFL sits right in the conference we cover, the NFC North, and that happens to be the Chicago Bears. We are getting so many fans and a lot of people that are very confused as to what is going on <clears throat> as Game 3 rolls around for the preseason. So I'm going to let Mike and Michael take this one away, considering Mike is one of the biggest Bears fans. The Chicago Bears live in his heart and sleep under his bed. So maybe he can tell us what's going on with the team and where they're headed. As she said, they live under the bed. It feels like they haven't come out from under the bed yet. Um, I don't know what I'm watching. They haven't figured out how to make a tackle. Jay Cutler looks like the all-star out there. Ain't like he's the only one ready to play this season. Um, that, that game against Kansas City was an embarrassment. As bad as we got our butts whipped by the Patriots last week, um, they look better against the Patriots. I, I don't know what I was watching yesterday. I mean, I know I usually watch the first three quarters because that's when your starters play the first three quarters. I was out after the second quarter was over with. That game just was just – it looked bad. Nothing about them looked prepared. Well, let's talk about where the Bears are breaking down. And one of the things that we have discussed in the past and even recently is just their defense, the Bears' defense. So they what, have poor tackling. What, what's going on with that? Because Okay. Poor tackling. I mean, is that the only issue? No, that to me is the biggest glaring issue because one of the things that you're supposed to be able to do as any football player, even after you were horrible in coverage, even after you didn't read what the offense was showing you, 
even after the person catches the ball or the run, the running back makes it past the line of scrimmage, you're supposed to be able to go back to the most basic, fundamental thing: how to tackle. They can't tackle. They just well, can't I tackle. think I think beyond that, you have to look at the fact that they're also missing Kyle Long. And with the and we already know that our, that the O line wasn't that great. You know they were decent, but they weren't as strong as they've been in the past. Um, but it just goes to show that one person impacts that line so much. You know that it forced he, Jay Cutler. I mean Jay Cutler had he didn't have a great game, but he had a rough game. You know he had he got receivers dropping passes, so that's part of it too. You. Not just an attackman, then, you know, because I agree with you on that part. On that part, as far as the defense goes, but from the standpoint of it being a total team effort, you know, it, it, you got to look at that too. So, on that side of it, he had six of fifteen. He, he completed six of fifteen passes for forty-five yards. The only good Jeffrey had two catches for eighteen yards and dropped a wide open pass in the second quarter. That would have led to a you know, led to a gain. And then Kevin White only had three uh, had a three yard catch. So your your two your two main receivers aren't even really putting you in a position where you can be successful. So if you look at it from that standpoint, it's it's I don't know what we're looking at either. I mean I I, I didn't see the game yesterday but so you you guys know, I saw a bit of it. The only good thing I can not say about playing the hard, defense, or is there a problem? Is is there no. a real like issue? The only thing I can say about the Bears' defense was when they got down there within field goal range, they held them to field goals early in the game. Early in the game, they were holding them to field goals. But after a while, the defense was like, "We can only hold but for so long. If you let them down here three times, we hold you to three field goals. We've done our job. You got the offense got to put some points on the board." Uh, because they're putting the Bears' defense in bad in bad uh, field, field position. position from the beginning. The offense right. not scoring is, is forcing the defense to do more than they should need to do. And then, like you said, Kyle Long clearly affects that offensive line more than uh, your average Bear. Yeah, he's probably more than they care to admit. And then your one and two receivers are dropping catches. There's a there's a specific catch that Alshon Jeffrey dropped that would have been an easy touchdown had he just caught the ball. His he had it's not like he had one hand on the ball. He had both hands on the ball. He was wide open. It wasn't a matter of he was running before he caught the ball. It wasn't a matter of he he, he looked off the, he looked away because he thought he was about to be tackled. The ball was in his hand. He just dropped it. There was no one else you can blame on that. You can't blame the defense was about to hit him. He was open. The defender had fallen down. He was by himself. He just dropped the ball. And when you're not making these catches, that's putting the offense and the defense behind the eight ball. And I know week season, week four of the preseason, ugh, that's not going to do much. you got to get your act together real fast. I mean, you know, especially with him, you know, he needs to work out. I'm sorry, I'm speaking of, um, of Jeffries right now. Um, he definitely needs the workout because he had the injury last year. So, but if you drop a wide open passes, man, okay. And this, and this is coming from a person, you know, who initially in high school couldn't catch a ball to save his life. 
could not catch. But, you know, after going to college and learning what focusing on the ball meant, how to focus on the near point and those things, there's no reason for you to drop a wide open ball, especially as a pro as a professional. I don't even care. He's a number one that's, wide receiver and his biggest a, that's, talent that's, is, that is that is inexcusable. Right now he's a number one talent. wide receiver and what he's known for is his hands. He's not known for his speed. He's not known for jumping out the gym. He's known for mm-hmm. his hands. When that's what you're known for you're supposed to catch a. You're supposed to catch the simple ones, not just the not just the crazy ones you shouldn't have been able to right. catch. You're supposed to catch the simple right. ones. Right. Right. So yeah, man, I can't really get with. I don't know what. You know, I don't, I really don't know what to expect at this point. I really don't. I don't even have. I don't even think I have any expectations. Really, I'm kind of like whatever. Cash, you, you know, until. <laughs> what? You have asked us to pinpoint what is wrong. The problem is. You have asked us to pinpoint which one thing is wrong. The problem is too many wrong. I have to I do guess. that twice because are you serious? Like you, you really are just like whatever. Tear team and you know they're gonna be crap this season and moving my life. What I adjustments? Know. I mean, I, it is preseason. So some people, you know, I I kind of look at a few things at, at this point in preseason. And this point of all the practices that have gone on starts to get a little bit more serious, especially when you're starting to play more and more of your starters. And I right. wonder what adjustments, besides Kyle Long, if, if Kyle Long is the only person that's carrying that side of the ball, that's a problem as well. Because the man, man. doesn't play like five or six defensive positions, including secondary. He just, he just doesn't do that. So what can be fixed. Do the Bears have the talent to fix, you know, to kind of right their wrongs? Well, see, that's that's the big, that's right there is a question you know, we all, I think pretty much every fan is having at this moment because if you go by what we've seen so far, you can't really tell. You know, I'll there might be there, there may be some light, you know, there may be some little spots here and there or some, some if you're looking at individual players and not if you take it from okay, let's not and let's not look at it from a team standpoint, and we're just gonna look at individual players. What we need, all well, right, on this I'm offensive line, the players that were drafted. How are they coming together to you know be the the, the dream that the beer? I mean, did they draft the right players to come together and have that camaraderie? Uh, what they have on the what they have on Go the ahead, defensive Mike. line and what they have on the defense uh, and the linebackers, they look like they're they're coming along. But just because they're coming along, it doesn't mean that they're there yet. And they're not there yet. And then the, the secondary, we complain they're about second. the secondary every week. Yeah, Realistically, I'm glad they have the work. names on the back of their jerseys because I wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, their secondary needs some work. I'm watching the play right now. Um, who was the number thirty-two, where he bumped into eighty-one from Kansas City, and you know because he's not paying attention to where the player is, he's a, he, you know he's as as he should be. He's trying to find the ball, but he bumps into the player, he falls to the ground. Kansas City receiver catches the ball. Those are the type of mental mistakes and, and just skill errors you cannot make in the game. And that's those those are things that where they, where improvement is definitely needed. And this far into the you know preseason, like come on man, they should have that together already. 
right? This is the quote-unquote dress rehearsal. When you're in a dress right. rehearsal, it's okay to make those mistakes in, in the preseason one, preseason two. Preseason three is dress yeah, rehearsal. Need, That's why they yeah, call you it need the to, dress You need rehearsal. to have a little bit more, you know, a little bit more aware, a lot more awareness than that. That's just – that doesn't make any kind of sense to make that kind of mistake. I mean, yeah. it, the the – the the quote unquote star that the Bears drafted in Kyle Fuller is injured, so the other players are being given every opportunity to take his job, to take his job, and as a person that has not been that has not been uh, believing in Kyle Fuller, I want to see somebody take his job, but no one has stepped up to quote unquote take it. They might at this point they're going to be given the job. They won't have taken the job. And when you're a cornerback, especially in in the NFL, when your receivers are six foot five and they're catching balls that no man should actually be able to go get, your cornerback's got to be able to do something. And well, not even. I mean, for example, uh, I'll use a, a Bears player as an example. Um, against another player that used to play in this division. When Peanut Tillman was going up against uh, Calvin Johnson in every Lions game, Peanut Tillman um, was nicknamed Optimus Prime because he was the Megatron stopper. Peanut Tillman did not have the talent and the size that Calvin Johnson had, but he used every little trick in the book to make sure that if Megatron is going to burn me, He's going to do it because he's that good. The Bears secondary hasn't, it doesn't seem like they have learned those tricks. They're not trying to learn those tricks. Their talent is not there. Just because you don't have the talent at cornerback does not mean you can't work. As a cornerback, it's a working man's position. You have to work. You have to learn. You have to do what it takes. Look at your Patrick Petersons. Look at your uh, Richard Shermans. As much as they talk with their mouth, they work. Your Darrell Revis, they work. They work at that position. And these players, they feel like they want to be given that job. You have to take that job. Well, you also have to, because, you know, like I said, I got the video going of the game from yesterday. And not only the corners, you have the defense itself, their pursuit or the defensive line, the line, you know, their their pursuit angles are horrible. Horrible. Over-pursuing the ball, not staying flat. Not staying flat and even with the quarterback when he, you know, as he bounces out to the outside. Now they did have some good plays. I'm not saying that. They oh no, did, they had some good plays, the big, but the big, some good the, plays. The big plays they made. Right, the big plays they did make. Those plays were based off of the fact that their pursuit was off. Was off. You know, there's no well, way. Now, there were a few of them that were that were just excellent plays from the beginning of the play. Um, but that goes back to that's just one play. Or two plays. This is a this is an entire game. There was some good That's plays, but about. the the ones that were good plays were by veteran players, right? Like uh, Willie. Um, okay. What were you about to say? What veteran so players? The plays that were good. Let me say, Cash. I, I'm just. That's why I'm, I'm sorry. I, I mean. Come on, man! Like, it, it they, gave 20, they gave up twenty-three points, dude. There's no way you can just say that. You know that I'm talking about overall. Because what happens is, from a defensive standpoint, it's real easy to get into a habit of over over pursuing the ball, especially oh, when yeah, you get behind. Really. 
You know, so right that and that's what I'm talking about. They got behind and so as soon as they behind, oh man, we gotta stop the quarterback. Oh he coming, he breaking out here, let me go out here. But you're not flat enough to stop him from doing anything. They even and even it, I'm watching the coverage. I'm watching the plays get busted. And this is Alex Smith. Alex Smith picked the Bears apart yesterday. Yes, he, he did. Definitely. I'm watching him do it. I'm watching him do it right now. He is eating them up. He and picked the Bears apart. I mean, and Alex and Smith is not the most mobile of quarterbacks. So he all. picked them back. He picked them apart from the pocket. Yes. He picked them apart. Everybody they didn't have Jamal Charles in the game. I have yet to underestimate Alex Smith. I don't think Alex Smith is the no, greatest, but play. I don't think oh, no, he, no, he's, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not, he's not a bad Alex Smith with, uh, with, Reed, with Andy Reid calling the plays. So you're still going to have he, some good things going on regardless. I mean, Andy Reid is calling the plays. Alex Smith has never been a bad quarterback. You think he's underestimated? I, I think he's underestimated. And, and he I remember, had some head coaches that didn't when, know how to, uh, to work Reed, with him. It wasn't until uh, Harbaugh got a hold of him that uh, people learned that oh, he is pretty good. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. I remember when you know Alex um, was announced as the starter and all the faith that Andy Reid had in him, and everybody was, "What is Alex Smith?" and blah blah blah. And then that season. They were just burning people, and he, and he was a, a very big reason why. So, you know, what his coach puts out on the field and lays out in the plays, Alex is reading it, and Alex is doing a good job up against teams oh, that people felt that they should have never had a shot. So he may not be man, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. and Reed were the two coaches that proved that he's pretty good. It, it also proves that it depends on what coach you have to not – that can mess up what you have out there. Well, that's the all. Well, that's all. That, that's the case with any any sport, you know, not just football. It is it, all of that. You know, you have to have the right components. You know, especially from the head office to the coaches on the field to the players. You know, you can't just they, draft well, a great player and then not not develop them. And all right. those previous coaches in in San Francisco never developed uh, Alex Smith until Harbaugh got there. So I'm not saying Alex Smith is. Is bad, but what I am saying is, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Peyton Manning, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, just, I will I just definitely. Said, I just said he know. wouldn't be mentioned in in those conversations yeah. with those names. I just, but he's also one that shouldn't be slept on. You shouldn't right. think you're going not, to be walking in Kansas City. Yeah, and, I agree that. Yeah, I think not I think he's going to be he's going to be one of the people, one of the quarterbacks to watch this season. I can get if just, if it's anything indicative he's of what they did yesterday. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I find uh, uh, Jamal Charles got injured against the Bears last season. Uh, they were one and five. After that, they ran eleven. They ran what ten out of eleven games. Mm-hmm. So it is between Andy Reid and Alex Smith and those receivers. They got their act together and they proved to themselves that they can win. Um, and oh, that, are you serious? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was watching the clip of them bad tackling. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bears tackling is has been the the biggest oh, glaring problem man. I've seen in this preseason. They it's can't horrible. tackle. They it's don't horrible. know how to tackle. They can barely cover. But the problem is, be, even I'm if you made bad coverage, so you're still supposed to be able to tackle. They're hitting well, with yeah. shoulders. They're not wrapping up. Oh. They're pursuing the ball like you said a at a bad angle that. so he that even if they get to the person. They don't. They're not getting them to down. So yeah. it's just horrible tackling, horrible approach. Well, 
The one thing that we can say is <laughs> you should probably hear, as of right now, fewer Jay Cutler complaints because it's not all on Jay this season. So, Jay. There you go. It's not all on your doctor's <laughs> season. Good luck with what they gave you. And that and was the one person that on cares. The <laughs> right. The one. Um, <laughs> the soul, soul that cares about you, man. Dude, this is not all your fault this time. But that that yeah. voice we just heard is the is the spirit of Chicago. We're we're happy that it's, that we're not blaming Jay Cutler for a change. Yay! All right. So, <laughs> with that being said, we do know that walking into the regular season, the Bears have a little bit more work and. I think a lot of people have lost a little bit of faith in them because they're actually pinning them down in the number four spot of the NFC North. Not that they will earn their way down there. They don't think they can come out of the basement of the NFC North. So we will have to see if they actually Well, we said it last week. We said it last week that the NFC North is a battle between the Vikings and the Packers. The Bears and and the Lions are battling for three and four. Pretty much. Well, at least they let the no, Lions but... sit in the bleachers and watch the game. They just put the Bears in the basement. Like, you guys, go down there, eat your porridge. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. For they the eat the like porridge. They, they have the Bears right now. So we're going to have to see if that actually yeah. changes. If, if John Fox and crew can bring it all together by at least game three or four of the season. Normally games one and two. Um, unless you're the Patriots, are a little rocky for certain teams, especially teams that made a lot of off-season changes between the draft and free agency, um, a lot of trades. So, you know, we'll see. By game three, if this is how the Bears are looking, and this is just how the Bears are looking. And, uh-huh. and then, you know, we can – Good luck with that. They're, they're, and the Bears don't exactly have an easy beginning of the season schedule either. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to hear this with their season. You know, nobody wants to hear the toilet flush. Uh, we, I think we're gonna have flush the toilet oh, so many Lord. times before the season we starts. We took them out the basement and put them down the toilet. The season didn't even start yet. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, you know, we're just hoping. <laughs> we're hoping that you know, like I said, well, we got one person that they just, have another team in the NFC North that a couple are putting over the Bears, and that is. The Detroit Lions. Um, they've got Matt Stafford out there, who is not looking bad. Megatron will be missed, but they brought in Anquan Bolden. Theo Riddick, Riddick is not looking bad. I'm sorry, man, about your name. Theo Riddick is not looking bad. But overall, I don't. I think if they can pull it together. Right now, when I look at um, their exhibition games, their preseason games, it looks like they're still stuck in practice mode and not scrimmage mode. But I'm still not worried. I think they're trying to figure out what works as opposed to with, – with them, you can honestly tell that they're trying to figure out what works over W. Like, they could care less about the W right now. They're like yeah. – Yeah, they don't seem to be Coach Caldwell is really – yeah, he's, he's, looking, he's interjecting he's looking at the and, and, and he's running not really a few different about, things. Right. Right, and, and putting together what he has and how it works. You know, okay, we got these players on the field. Let's let's run this play. And I know it sounds crazy because most people that 
that's sports. You know, we got these players out there, let's run this play. But I think they're really trying to see if they have players that can execute, especially in, in the, the younger guys, some of the things that they want to do that will make them successful, not just in the conference, but in, in the league, not just this year, but years to come. So they are trying to build. They're, they're in the, the building stage. I mean, they've gone through, in the last five years, they've gone through a lot, including a season full of hopes that some kind of way vanished. That I, I don't know what happened. Like they had a chance to be really good. They've lost key players, coaching changes, front office changes. So there are a lot of things that um, Detroit has to bring back into the loop. So I wonder what you guys think. I, I don't think this is going to be a horrible season for Detroit. I don't think it will be their best season. They may shock me. But I really think that if they pull it together, and I know we have a person on the show who was unhappy with their coach and wish there would have been a coaching change. But with the coach that they have and, and the offseason moves that they've made and the way they're looking in the preseason, do you guys have any hopes for them this year? Or do you think they're just really going to be flatline basic? I don't think they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight, um, But I don't, I don't think they're going to be horrible. As of today, I don't think they're going to be horrible. You've heard my opinion on the Lions and Caldwell before. I am not one that has the ability to make an opinion on what the Lions are going to be because the discipline part may be fixed. The reality of Megatron being gone may be fixed, but I still need to see them on the field. Uh, We talked about it in the morning meeting that sometimes it's good that you all are approaching this to figure out what you have, but during these preseason games, they're not playing at quote-unquote game speed, it feels like. They're playing at what I felt like was practice speed, and that's a good way to get injured because once once the regular season starts, that ball is already rolling downhill, and I can't tell right now, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or if that's just the way they want it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's really kind of hard to discern what they attempted. Like, I I think we all did agree that – we all do agree that they look more like they're practicing more than that it being actually a game speed, like they're trying to fit the puzzle together. Now, how that works out, I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. But I don't. I think that you can spend too much time in that type of mode, to where it doesn't benefit you if the season starts. When the season starts, so it's you know I don't like I like I'm like you, Cass. I don't think they're gonna have a bad season. I believe it'd be better than it was last year. Um, hopefully, a lot better than it was last year. <laughs> I mean, better than last year is not saying much. I mean, we don't need. Uh, Miss Ford coming out. Hey, 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 hey. Well, you know what? And if she does come out with her Jackie Onassis glove and her sunglasses, I will understand that when she comes out, she means business and she's coming out. (laughs) Shots fired. She meant that and let's get it together. And I do like, I like when I get, you know, I like seeing her last year because she lit a fire under the team. Like, you know, she, she told them the fans don't deserve this. These players don't deserve this. Let's get this together. Whatever's not working from the front office down to the field. Go ahead. She Let's fired get everybody out of here. Let's get what works. She, yeah, she could. And, and not but only that. I, and, 
Hold on, hold on. Not only yeah, that, ahead, I, I have to do. I have to do this. I, I, in fact, I really, I, I, I've got to do it like this. Um, because Miss Four is doing whatever to bring momentum and fun and attention to the team and the game. They went and got some cheerleaders. <laughs> and I'm kind of excited about that. Is that the, is that um, the we don't talk about? They got some cheerleaders. Hey man, yeah. she's doing football fun, dude. She's doing right. Cheerleaders she's trying to make this experience fun. fun. Right. I you mean, know, you know, that, the Bears got to part of the whole game and the atmosphere. That, that's that's you know that's that's you know okay. I mean the drum the drum line's cool, but I mean I, I, I mean like the Vikings have one the Vikings have cheerleaders and all kind of. Other you stuff know, going so. on. I mean, she's she's trying. She's making these ticket prices worthwhile. You're not just going <laughs> to pay this. You're going to be entertained when you come, and hopefully right, you're going right. to see some decent right, football from this North? point on. Is this Dallas uh-huh. North? No, Is this I wasn't Dallas going Cowboys North? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not I wouldn't even mm-hmm. go that far. No, no. At no. least not today. I mean, no. we, got, we got Big D and we got The D. So it could be. He's so silly. I mean, Dallas is known as Big <laughs> oh my God. I'm and going, Detroit I'm is known as Buzzy. So it could on be here Dallas. From the show. I am definitely, that is the next sound <laughs> we will have. <laughs> That's the staff upload. I mean, you, I mean since you're going there talking about we paying for the atmosphere, I got to call it out. I'm not paying for that atmosphere, but she's trying to, you know, she, she's trying to make it an overall experience. Experience. Come on now, she's she's really trying to give them get dude. They are not going to keep going. Detroit has enough issues. They are not going to keep going to these games to to watch a subpar team. This is not going to man. Look, she's not she got to do over it. They got and everybody gets a check. Right. Yeah, they got to make it. They have to make. She got to do something to make it fun. Just think about it. Like think about your most. The best time you ever had at a college football game, any game you went to, most of the times because you got cheerleaders, they throwing stuff up in the crowd. You got all this the other stuff going on besides the game. You got well, the mascots. You got uh, all this stuff that makes the game. College that is actually so helps different, create. <laughs> it is. College is a it different is. experience. Yeah. It is. It's a totally different experience. It's a different experience. But it's you so are far, because you love the school. <laughs> You don't care if your team is doing great, and I can say this from a standpoint: I went. Oh to no, I didn't schools. go to that college. No, I, I didn't go to. That. We no, can, I, uh, I we can, can say this we, from a standpoint. I didn't go to that. I went to University of Illinois and Kentucky State University, two yeah, football right teams that were. But wait a minute! <laughs> I will say I was spoiled my freshman year. My freshman year, I was very much so spoiled when U of I was doing good and they had Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice on the on the defensive line, and they almost won the Big Ten. I was spoiled that year. I was spoiled. They almost hurt uh, Penn State's feelings. Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice did their thing. I was spoiled. But after that, oof. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> ugh. And to take almost with their own scholarships here. But it's an experience. It's, uh, college is not what people at people in college go to see everything. People in NFL go to see the football game. 
And, but that's, and that's our point. So if, I, if I'm coming to see the football game, I want to have fun in the game because the team suck. I need something else to, like, entertain me while I'm there because I spent all this money. <laughs> you just went up that's went there and called them out. Hey, what? That's... It is what it is, man. I mean, you know, the Bears ain't looking all that great. And, and Detroit looks isn't, isn't too though. much better than them. You know, but at least we see effort with the Lions organization to make it better, to to improve the atmosphere, to add to it. Because, you know, man, like I said, man, Chile makes football better for the players because I – me personally, I know when I was playing ball, I look over at the chili. And go, All right, let me go out here and do something. I get some inspiration. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so and it, and it does that. Plus, it's fun. It just makes the game better. So I can appreciate them getting their cheerleaders. I know they are excited about it. I know some people are happy to have some jobs. You know, because that's employment. So that so we can stop stop talking about the employment rate being down. Um, on the political side, because people are working, um, uh, but as far as how they look and will they look, you know, this year, I, like I said, I think they'll do better than last year. I don't know how much better, but they may. I, I would say they probably be a tad bit under five hundred at best. And I may be wrong. I mean, we might actually all be surprised because I'm watching the clips of them and they're not that their plays. You know, even the plays they've had success on, like we say, it looks like they're working out the case and saying, okay, well, this person can cover, this person can't cover, so we'll use this person. Let's see how these people work, group, this group works together. Let's see what this personnel does. That's what it looks like. And hopefully they'll have all the pieces figured out by the time the season starts and we can see what it, it, see if it worked. Um, if it doesn't work, well, nothing's changed. You know, and then then she will have to come out next at the end of the season with her gloves on. Maybe she'll do it mid season and not wait till the end of the season this time. <laughs> she'll have to do it earlier and start shaking us and stuff. So it'll be interesting either way, I believe. So I don't think the score of their game is indicative of what they're attempting to do or um, of the personnel they have. I think they're like I said, we, they're just trying to work it out and get it to work together. And see who who can do what and get that get that roster trimmed down. You got seventy five people to trim down. That's a lot of folks. A lot of people trimming it down to seventy five players. That's you know what we they got to cut thirty five people cast. Hello. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do. They have to have a fifty three man roster very very soon. Yeah, so that's you so. know. Looking from the standpoint of how they're approaching it, it may not be the most orthodox way of doing it, but shoot, at this point, man, unorthodox may be just what they need. I mean, Detroit is Detroit. Um, I'm at a point where I've been so confused uh, by different early early games, not just in preseason. Early, early regular season, Detroit confuses me, so I have been – in the last few weeks, I've been very quiet when we get on the subject of the Detroit Lions. It is just rather confusing. I don't know what to expect. I blame it on Caldwell often, but it might not be Caldwell. It might be the players. It might not be the players. It might be the front office and who they're drafting. I cannot figure out what Detroit's problem is early in the season. They show us later, even the season that they went to the playoffs a few years ago, 
it wasn't until the latter part of that season that we understood that they were serious. It is Detroit has got to show me something early to, for me to have faith in them in the latter part of the season. Right now, I don't know what to think with them. Yeah. Okay. Did mystery. I just make everybody go quiet? Am no. I causing crickets over here? <laughs> or did I say something right that you all just don't disagree with? <laughs> No, I, I I agree with you. I think no, it, it is a mystery. It's a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> you don't know what to expect. Ladies and gentlemen, if them. you have Google, please look that word up. Google will help you correctly spell the word as well. Dictionary.com helps. Uh, Google helps. Your big word for the day is it's conundrum. <laughs> Woo! Check that yeah, out. I found the way to do football we're going we to hit you with another big word of the day next week. All right. So moving right along from Detroit, we have a we have some hopes for Detroit. We, you know, we believe they'll be sitting in the bleachers and not in the basement. Hopefully Detroit doesn't prove us wrong. And congratulations get to, to the ladies of the Detroit. Detroit, Detroit gets the city game. squad. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all comes together. Up next, the Packers. And... What can you say about the Green Bay Packers unless you're a Vikings or a Bears fan? You do have some things to say, but we did promise that this is a family-oriented show, and we, we wouldn't say a lot of those things. Anything. But overall, on the professional level of the Packers, um, well, the main question that many people are having is the Jordy Nelson issue. And well, I, before we even get to the Jordy Nelson issue, Jordy's not playing now. So, let's you know, we can leave that for the end of the game. Looking at the Packers now, they are making this look like way too easy. They're out there like, okay, we have to show up today. Well, the best thing about the Packers is they know their starting roster. And when you know your starting roster, everything else is filler. And since they That's know fine, they're starting, but their entire starting roster is not starting. <laughs> I, but because <laughs> of that, because of that, everything else being filler, and and they're able to dedicate everything in practice into getting everybody up to speed. With many other teams, I'm just, they're I, trying I, to figure I'm things out. They know the their Packers have figured their things know, out. I think their quarterback is going to just pull the best of the best out of whatever offensive player he is out there with. And I really think that between Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy, they are excellent at making adjustments in the game. They do not wait for a team, the opposing team, to run the same play six times on them before they're like, oh, this isn't working. Okay. The minute they see it, they shut it down. They move players. In and out, it's 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 absolutely. I think they're great when it comes to that, and I think making those adjustments and those changes doesn't allow for a team to figure them out or figure them out as fast. Now they did get exposed a tad bit last season. They they definitely got exposed in a few games. But getting still, they pulled it off and came around to the NFC, you know, the final game, deciding whether or not they were going to be the NFC champions after being badly exposed. So I'll give Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers definitely credit. I I have to 
simply because, and, and to me, they do, do deserve a round of applause because they know how to make real-time adjustments. And I, I hate, and sometimes that even bugs me with my favorite team, when you see something's not working, how many times do we have to see it not work before you're like, oh, let me switch it up here. So I, I think the fact that if Green Bay has a chance to take control of the game, they do take control of the game. They take control of the speed of the game. They take control of, of everything about the game. If your team messes up and gets caught in their web, they've got you. And well, Aaron Rodgers will find somebody that was in the parking lot selling hot dogs who played the best football game of his life as a senior at we don't know the name of a university and be like, yep, next kid, everybody else is hurt. Go suit up and let's do this. And, like, you know, some kind of way make it work. So I won't having disagree Aaron with Rodgers that statement, but it's partially because even with non-starters playing most of these games right now in Green Bay, they have been able in their practice weeks been able to concentrate on we know who's starting. Since we know who's starting, we can get everybody else up to speed. Plenty of other teams are not concentrating on that. They're trying to get on the right page. Well, the Packers are already on the right page together. Okay, you got to break that down to me. What do you mean they know who's starting? They're still playing people that they've never no, no, no. Had on that uh, and you're you're right. Confused. During the during the uh, preseason games, they're playing a lot of non-starters, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying leading up to the game, they're developing their their uh, their non-starters much better because they're not spending time teaching their starters what we need to do. Well, because their starters already know what to do. They're, they have time to spend with their the second and third string that other teams are not spending with their second and third string. They're, they're spending time with these players because they have that time. That when you, with your Aaron Rodgers and your Jordy Nelsons, your James Jones, that's not even there, uh, but your, your, your Clay Matthews and your Julius Peppers, when these players know what to do, the coaching staff does not have to spend extra time with them. They're spending the extra time where it's needed with their developmental players. Some of these other teams have to spend so are time you, are with you their starters. Are you putting out there like no other team does that? No, I'm not saying that. I'm, but in the NFC North, uh, the Green Bay Packers <laughs> are the cream of the crop. Yeah. So you Curry think they are the only team in the NFC North that's not – the, that isn't starting their whole roster of, of starters? No, no, I'm not saying they're developing other players? Starters. I'm saying they're one of the few teams that know their starting lineup and have the time to spend, spend with the quote-unquote development of players. Detroit does not know everything going on. Chicago does not know everything going on. The Vikings, they know more of what's going on than those other two teams that I just named, but still don't – they still don't – they're not on the page of the Green Bay Packers. Really? The, the Vikings have some of the best talent in, in the NFC North, and they're great. They're great. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm, going, I'm willing to say they're not Green Bay as far as knowing that we can just plug a person in. They're not at that level yet. They're good. And they are going to argue. They won the division last season, but they're not. 
I don't think any team outside of the Patriots can can say that. And and that's just real talk. I, I don't think any team can when sit it comes here to and the just NFL, say. I would say Patriots one, Packers two. When it comes to that concept. Then what happened with James Jones? What happened with James Jones? How did they get exposed last season? Right. What what happened with that? If 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 that's the case, then they shouldn't have gotten ex- when they got exposed. They didn't lose by like a touchdown. Like they were ripped apart. You know, Denver or these these teams came in and totally. But the reason why apart. I think they that wasn't a, nobody they could have inserted Jesus and it wasn't going to change anything that was going on out there on, on the field. And right now, I just really think that the the key besides Aaron Rodgers is that they make quick adjustments. I know, and I agree with that. I'm not dis. I that's what I started off. I don't disagree with that. I'll say the problem with James Jones was the Packers had moved on from him. They had to bring him back because there was a need. The Packers had already moved on for him, and then when they and brought him back, it, they realized met the need. Huh? He he initially he initially met the need. He initially met the need, but that was he the talent that he had was not up to was not up to par. They wanted him well, to that, have, they wanted well, him to be as good as I, he was. I can't. Mm. When you let go of a player. It's usually because you know he's not what you really need. They brought him back because he was a need. If they didn't have a need, they wouldn't have put him on the team. Well, I think it's more or less that, <laughs> and I and I understand what she's saying because from the standpoint of they let him go. He didn't fit. They he fit. He he was their best option at the time. Is what I think what you're really getting at. Okay. You know, um, you know, as far as someone who could fill that spot, who knew the system but, on short notice, right? But at the same time, you know, I, I think it's just it just came down to them that they just got exposed, man. And once people figured out how to stop them, and, and that they didn't have any else, anyone else beyond beyond him, it was over. Period. <laughs> And I'm not even disagreeing with that, but you're at the the whole premise of this this line of talk was about why they look so good in the preseason and they look like they're running like gangbusters. And my opinion to that is no, that 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 wasn't that actually was. Yes, it was. You said they look like that they wasn't they like they're running like a well-oiled machine. That's what you started off saying. No, I I don't even I've never even made that statement in my life. No, no, that's not what I was saying. What I was saying is no, because if they were running like a well-oiled machine, then we wouldn't even see Aaron Rodgers start. He wouldn't need to. If they if they if they were that awesome, would you know none of that first string would have to do anything. Just make sure they don't you know put my ties in the Gatorade bottles. On the sidelines, but <laughs> what I was saying with them is the thing that keeps them going is how well Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy work at not allowing them to fall behind when it comes to adjustments. And it and doesn't I agree help. With that, you know, it doesn't hurt the that they have. 
That's to me. That's a regular season trait that they bring in into the preseason. Why are they looking so much better than everybody else during the preseason? And I'm well, talking that about just this. answered it because they're bringing a regular season aspect in. That doesn't make them any. That that's they just choose to do it that way. Just like we're watching Detroit focus less on everybody, the scrimmage and everybody more what's on. Everybody has their a plan different team. On, on how to. Well, what what they think is going to work to best teach these players how to play this game. So Detroit may be looking more like, okay, well, it's best if we do this more like from a scrimmage standpoint. These games don't really count, but what we really need to do, we need to go full speed every place so we can get a look and see who's doing what so we can get this, like I said before, we can get this roster down to what we need to get. That seems more like their game plan, and it seems obvious. Whereas with Green Bay, they're more like, we're going to treat this like a regular season thing, and we're going to run everything at the same time. Right. We're going to go in get here, we're going to play, play. Out. Gonna they play, said we got to be here, and we're going to end the game, and there's that's a, you know, okay. so thanks for coming out. That's, there, so there's more like, there's more a sense of that for them. Um, the Bears, who knows? We don't, you can't really get a sense of what they're doing. <laughs> well, know, see, the Bears... You know, so everybody has – go ahead. No, the Bears have done something that I have not always agreed with. Uh, It is supposedly something that many NFL teams do. And they have consciously stated, and this has been something they said across three different coaching staffs. So I I tend to believe it's something that many teams do. They don't put in game planning during the preseason – they try to adjust on the fly during a preseason game. And to a certain degree, to a certain degree I understand that because they don't want to give away their thoughts during the preseason, don't want to show their, 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 their plays and give it, give, all a, give it all away. But to a certain degree, like you said, Mike, if you're not treating this like a regular game, how can these, how can these development of players – Learn what it's going to really be like once once we're at game speed. And right, because that is cause if true. You're not I even, agree. If you, I do if you, agree. If you're not if you're not already at game speed during the preseason, and everybody's out there kind of flying around like they do in practice and things like that, you're getting coached up on the sideline because they are getting coached up on the sideline, you know, and, and everything and, and all of this. Then if you don't have that mentality already, this is a game. This ain't a scrimmage. This is a game. And you don't treat it like that. That switch gets really hard to turn on when it comes time for the, when the season starts. Cause you, uh, and you're talking about within, to do it within five, six days. And sometimes it's short depending on whether or not you got a Thursday night game. I mean, there are certain players that I trust that can do that. Those right. names are LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those names, I understand, they have the ability to do that. But – your number 52 and 53 man on that roster does not have that ability. At all. At all. I don't care what team it is. If, whether it's the Patriots, it's the, it's the Packers, it's the Vikings, it's the Cowboys, it's the Redskins. I don't care what team it is. Your number 52, 53 person on that roster does not have that ability. Period. We can say the Broncos. We can say the Cardinals. We can say the, the Seahawks. Everybody has to learn how to get there and I still believe those teams that have more of the the great veterans, they have a better standpoint or starting point than that team that's teaching 
during the preseason. Or, or the better way of putting it, uh, if you have time to put in the teaching time with the developmental players because you're not teaching the starters, those teams will be doing better. Period. Yeah, I, can, I can agree with you. I can agree with that. Because if you're teaching the starters, and that's what some so teams that's what's are wrong with the doing. Bears. Right, you're teaching the Bears are teaching the starters, and since they're teaching so they don't really, the starters, they, it looks they, like they they're the They kind of don't have a choice. Right, <laughs> they don't have a choice. They, <laughs> they don't, don't have you're a choice. One hundred percent correct. They don't, they don't have, have a choice. choice. It's because because you're teaching those players. When when these preseason games start, it looks like those are the players that are still learning. Well, the Packers, they've learned what they need to learn, so they have the time to spend with these second and third string players. And because they're spending more time with the second and third string, they don't look so second and third string. And that, is, ladies and gentlemen, is how you keep a world mm. oil machine. <laughs> to a degree. Mm. Yeah. She's so funny. But no, I think that, you know, I, I I think that across the board all teams are doing that. But it there is it's it comes down to how efficient you are at doing it. You know, how how you how how well are you because you still have to coach up your the one thing about the game of football and the one thing about athletes is people always are always have to be in the mood in the mode to learn because it's always changing. So with new rules coming up here, or somebody creates a new offense, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it, that's the whole point. But you, the, I, I, I don't agree that everybody is that. In the, in the Bears' case, yes, I can kind of see that they are coaching starters. They don't really have a choice. But across as far as the other three teams in the league, I don't really see that happening. I see that more as the standard of what they're all able to do. Because even with Detroit, Detroit had their solid, their starters are a lot more solid than the Bears, you know, in certain positions. Um, and Green Bay is, is that's kind of like an obvious kind of thing. But, and I, but what I don't think, we're, well, we're still going to see the, the great, Green Bay is going to be Green Bay. Who, who, what can you say about that? They're all, they tend to always look good. Excuse me. I have something in my throat, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they tend to always look good for the most part, but I don't think that they have much more time than any other team does to, to as far as coaching up their second and third string because they know who their stars are going to be. I think that boils down to to the fact that their stars don't necessarily have to be on the field that long, you know, giving their giving everybody else more more time to, to develop and to really get that feel for it. Um, with the Bears because of Kyle Long's injury, and now you, uh, case in point, you now have to put a new starter in. To so yeah, that person's got to be coached up because you don't really have a choice. That's that's a, that was a second string person who's now had to move up because of an injury. So in cases like that, yes, that point is it can be stated. But with Green Bay, I, I don't really. See, I think they just you know they're going to play who they're going to play, and they have a feel for it. And they just happen to do some great recruiting, dude. What? They do great recruiting. They get great players. And I think that's that's a that's the standpoint of what really makes them stand apart in the preseason, you know, and during the season is is that fact that they do some they get some great players. The, you know, if you looked at the recruiting across the board in the NFC North, not that the other teams don't, but Green Bay consistently gets some great people. 
and that their second and third string are capable of just as capable of being, you know, first string players um, as the starters are. So that makes a big and a huge difference for them and the advantage that they take going, you know, especially right now in the preseason and what makes them look better than the other two teams we've already talked about. Because neither one of them look great <laughs> at all. Man, it's just... I'm moving right along once again. Um, <laughs> well, before we move right along, now we can circle back to the Jordy Nelson um, question. Jordy Nelson was taken off the pup list. He is actively practicing. Um, before Jordy's pretty major injury, the one-two punch between him and Aaron Rodgers was absolutely amazing to see. Great finishes, great energy. He always knew where to put the ball, and he knew that Jordy was going to go and get it. A lot of times, everyone does not recover the way Adrian Peterson did from this type of injury. So a lot of people are expecting Jordy to hit the field and it to be 2013 again between these two guys. But what do you think? Do you think there may be some hesitation? Do you think it will go as smooth? Do you think we're putting too much of an expectation on it and we should just wait to see how it plays out? Or is there actually someone that's come along, and I'm just throwing this out there, that has taken Jordy Nelson's place as far as the one-two punch with Aaron Rodgers? So what do you guys think when it comes to the Jordy comeback? Well, just to start with the Jordy comeback, his hands are going to be his hands. He is not going to have lost his hands. His anticipation is not going to have lost that. The thing we were saying in the uh, pre-show meeting is – it's going to question, has he lost a step with his speed, and will he be able to hit those routes with the same umph? Will he be able to make those proper cuts, break, breaking in and out of routes? Uh, that will be, will he, will he trust certain things? And Mike had uh, a few other things that he wanted to add about Jordy Nelson that I don't, want to, I don't want to steal his glory on, so let me let him speak on Jordy Nelson. <laughs> Well, like I, you know, I think we both agree with all the points you've already made. You know, it's going to really come down to whether or not he loses a step. Um, and if, if, in fact, if he's actually, he might, you know, if he comes back stronger and gains gain the step like Adrian Peterson did, then we could be looking at a totally different, you know, one-two punch altogether. I, with, I don't with, know. You know, I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know if I don't know if he went to Adrian's doctor or not, or um, because everybody heals different. I don't know what his regimen was, but I know that you know um, it, it's one of those things you have to just sit and watch. Injuries are like that, especially ACL. So you never know what what you know. It's, it's game time, really, when you get to find out um, what well, we what that knee is going to be able to take. Well, that the other thing that you were saying that I didn't want to, I didn't want to steal from you is one thing that, uh, especially in the game of football, when you tear an ACL, are you afraid to get hit by a tackle? Are you are oh, you yeah. are you curling up or mm-hmm. how are you hitting those? Are you hitting those numbers and how are you, how are you running from defenders? Are you are you just jumping, uh, and not worrying about the hit? And that's another thing. That, no, they're not gonna worry about the hit. And I actually oh, yeah, did a blog be, two years ago. Yeah. On on that, which is still on our site, they do worry about the hit, and it actually the worry takes more players out of the game than the actual ability the actual to recuperate yeah. and and yeah, right exactly. and, and the actual hit. Yeah, and, but and that was some of the things you know, that we were talking about. And 
the the one thing that I'm confident he will still have his hands and he, he will still have his anticipation. He will still be good, but will he be great? Is the I think the question that we have. Right. Well, like you know, like those, you I thought said, he was great. Uh, it really, if it comes down, touche. Um, <laughs> it really comes down to whether or not he can, if he can take the hit, man. You know, because people going, you know how the NFL is. Are uh, you hurt? You back? All right, we're going to see what you made of now. First thing they're going to do is hit his knee. I guarantee you they're going after his legs. Well, I would. I'm a, I, if I was a DB, that's just – I'm, I'm going to play it clean. It's going to be a plain, clean hit. But, yeah, we, you got to test it out. If you want to step out here, that's what it's about. You got to – it is about getting on the field and taking hits. It's not just about going out there and running around and catching balls and, you know, running past people and making it look pretty. It's about whether or not when the, when it's time for you to really go out there and put and put your body out on the line and catch the ball, are you going to go up and catch it and take the hit? Or are you going to go up and get alligator hands when the ball comes because of the hit coming? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just yeah that's what, hands. that's we'll what take, we'll, we'll take over. Your hands will scribble up and pull into your body real quick. Like, oh, no. Well, I do want to do this. Welcome back, Jordy. Um, You definitely We are glad that you should be here with us. Allowing you to continue on with your career. As much as you're welcome back, the welcome back will be that first hit he takes to the knee. Oh, yeah. I am not trying to ruin your career. I am no, you're not. I'm not saying ruin the career. Able. It, it will be once he takes that first hit. Will he be afraid, or will he take the attitude? Okay, I took that first hit. Players have go. gotten this injury and been dropped from a team. Like, dude is not on. He he's he's back on the field practicing. Right. Well, well some like some it players they 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 the they, they did after the injury. They're gonna yeah, test him. Yeah, he, I mean, see, yeah, the cool thing, the thing is. The thing is, whether or not if if they if if because you know you do a lot of tackling drills in in practice anyway, you have to. That's the only way you really learn how to tackle um, properly, hopefully properly. Um, so hopefully he's already had you know he's already been in a position where he has taken he's had to take a couple of hits, you know, in scrimmage in live scrimmages in practice, and you know they haven't taken it too easy on him, so he already has that adjustment doesn't have to wait to game day to get it. However, if he has not taken any hits during practice and he gets out there and I, I'm telling you it's going it's, it may not be his first time stepping back in the stadium, but it's going to feel like his first time stepping back in that stadium with that knee. I guarantee you because all the worries and all the concerns about uh uh you know what's what a what he could normally do in the game are going they going to come up. You know, it, it's it's just it's just one of those things you deal with as a player. No matter, regardless of how mentally you know strong you are, how mentally prepared you are for it, once you get hurt, it's, it does become a thing of concern until the first hits out the way, or the first few hits are out the way. Once you get the first couple of hard hits out the way, and you feel and you kind of like get a, do a self assessment, then you'll know. Then you know we'll know where he is because you'll it'll, you'll see it. <laughs> You won't. You we won't have a choice. He it is going to show whether or not he can, whether or not he's doing well with that leg. If not, it'll it'll be indicative of the way he starts to play out for the first couple of hits. If he's if he's fine, then you will see him push through it. And you know, 
and, which is what we would rather do. I don't really want him to get hurt again. Who wants to see players get hurt? That's just, I don't want to see him get hurt again either, but if that cruel. same, you know, if I got to use that same crowd effect to welcome him back to the game in a big hit, then we will do that as well. I mean, it's, hey. it's just football, football, is football. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Welcome Take back. Take big hit, Jordy. Take that welcome hit, back, Carter. Thank you with a lump of salt. We need that welcome back, <laughs> Carter. A grain of salt. Damn, I gave him a whole lump. Crazy. Well, you know, all right, good luck, Green Bay. We know you're, you know, part of the upper echelon of the NFL, kind of, sort of, when it comes to, you know, playing football. So we swing around to our final team in the NFC North, which is the Minnesota Vikings. They have uh, they haven't played yet today. But, you know, for me, I just, yay! you know. All right, go Vikings. So, <laughs> no, he said, yay, they but, haven't um, played yet. That's what that was. He came no, in right on cue. No, because <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all set for the game. And honestly, had I been healed enough, I would have been at the game. So the people I sold my tickets to enjoy, enjoy the first, fan experience at a football game and U.S. Bank Stadium because the stadium is uh, amazing. And I did want to go, but a little bit of surgery prevented it. But it's okay. Entire regular season, I will be there cheering my team on death row base. But looking at um, the past few games, I am – once again, I, I don't have any problems with Coach McCarthy. I think Coach does a McCarthy lore. Yeah, I don't have any problems with you or Dom Capers, but moving right along to my team's coach, get the Packers out of my head. Let me have a – I need a moment of silence really quick. Where are the crickets? I didn't change the coach of my team. Lord have mercy. All right, so now that I fixed that problem, I don't have any coaching issues with what's going on um, with with the Vikings. I do want to see the Vikings finish, though. The Vikings are doing a great job of, well, they're doing a pretty good job of getting out there and starting fast and starting hard. There are still a few loose ends in defense that needed to be tied up. What adjustments and changes have been made in that aspect because, as we mentioned earlier when talking about the Lions, we are now down to the wire of how soon this has to be a 53-man roster, and, and you've got to do the, the, you've got to pick your best players and get it right. We do know that the Vikings are not playing Adrian Peterson at all in any of the preseason games, which, you know, that's not unusual. Why risk it with your star player? Well, I looked at Teddy, and I, I must admit, I was, I am still a very hard Teddy Bridgewater critic. Very, very hard, Teddy Bridgewater critic. Before that does not we go mean any I further, like are we Teddy. bringing back his nickname this season? I don't. We don't know. The season I, don't, I hope not. Let's see. I, I hope, yeah, I hope yeah. we can bury it. Let's hope there's but the no season trouble. has the season has not started. But I can honestly say what I've seen in the preseason. You can tell that he has taken all of this criticism. He has looked at his past mistakes and he worked his butt off in the off season. He is making much better decisions. The passes have been much better, a lot more confidence, a lot crisper. He is actually finding his target. His handoffs have been better. His his agility has been a lot better. You can really tell that he is he he's third year. He is taking this seriously and he knows that if he is at the top of his game, the team definitely is going to the postseason. And he's he's it's it's 
pretty refreshing to see. Um, there are a few things on defense that I do want to see a change. And the biggest thing for me is I hated this last season, and I don't want to feel this way again. When the team has a beautiful lead, I don't want it to get down to the last quarter or the last seven minutes in a quarter and be allow another team to make that comeback to where games are being decided either by one point or a field goal. Please, I don't want any more games decided by a field goal at all. You know, Blair Walsh is up and down, and I'm going to leave that conversation like that. But just no more, you know, to have a 20-point a lead or a 15-point lead and we're coming down to the wire and you let another team get back in the game, let that momentum come back, is that has to stop. That has to stop. Um, I would definitely want to see more interceptions. I don't even just want to see them stop. As, as many interceptions as the team can grab, especially the secondary, would love to see that. And I do want to see better tackling. There are a lot of bad and missed tackles that is once that's cleaned up and that becomes a super, super crisp because the guys hit so hard. They are intimidating. So the missed tackles, once that is, is over and becomes a thing of the past, the team is really, really going to be something to be reckoned with, and I definitely can say they were going, they're were going they going to the postseason. I, I do know you up right there. I want to ask a question, and it's related to the Vikings and the NFL as a whole. Why is that becoming a, a, a an unfortunate theme for a lot of I don't NFL know. Why teams? Is what? Uh, bad tackling. I don't know. I I. I can't do you, do you, that. I would do have you to see really that as a thing? sit and watch film. Yeah, I mean, no, where not I, everything. Can you can you, I, can you cite some examples? Like, well, obviously, I brought it up with my Bears. I brought it up with my Bears. I brought it up with her Vikings. And I've, I've in watching other games, I've heard mm-hmm. the commentators bring it up. So, we clearly noticed it with our own teams are the teams we're fans of. We've clearly noticed that. But when commentators are bringing it up as well, it is not just something that is, just belongs to our own teams. I, don't, mm. I can't say that I personally see it as, a, as something that has plagued the entire NFL, but I know I brought it up with the Bears, Cass just brought it up with the Vikings, and I've heard other well, commentators talk about it on other games. I, when you've heard it, have you, have you heard it, what, just in the preseason? Yeah, I've, I've heard it in the preseason. I've okay, heard it in the regular season the from Vikings, last season, but this is not last season. For the Vikings, this is this is not a, a brand new issue. It has gotten much better over the last two and a half seasons. But this is this is one of the issues that the Vikings have been trying to, you know, reclaim their destiny in for a minute. And it's gotten much better. The secondary definitely has gotten much better. So when it comes to me speaking on that about the Vikings, it's only because I watch film and they're live. I, that, that's a team that I actually focus on to blog about and do reports on. As far as other teams um, besides the Bears, I would have to actually sit back, look at film, and, and probably pull up a few of the other networks' um, shows to see where they're going. Are they – talking about specific teams, is this an overall problem? Because I don't think it's an overall league problem, but I do think there are always going to be teams that struggle in the defensive 
on the defensive side of the ball with, with tackling, depending on the caliber of players, how the plays are run, injuries. Just there's, there's so many factors that go into that. And so when I focus on it with the Vikings, it's because that we're, we're tying up loose ends. The Vikings are are, are so close to you know being an elitist team. And you just don't want to see sloppy play. You don't want to see a 20-point lead go away when the game is down to the wire because of sloppy defensive play and and missed tackles. That just can't happen. There's no way you can put all that. That's almost like in basketball. When when you see some of the best teams in basketball, it's because they finish. I've seen teams in basketball the third quarter let a team – catch up to them, but that fourth quarter hit, they ran away with it. You, you, no, that's it. You got to battle us for it now. You want this win? You want this lead back? You got to battle down to, to when all the zeros are on the clock. You don't, you know, to let a team sneak up on you, and it's, it's basically a lot of it is due to the defense to, to ta- miss tackles, you know, that the simple tackles, really bad tackles that are, are causing the, the team penalties. That's another thing that I'm I'm on the Vikings about. Some penalties you're just not going to avoid. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do to keep another team from scoring and to take the momentum away. But then sometimes, you know, you just can't go out there and clothesline somebody. Just, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, and like, well, on, now you do 15-yard penalty. Like, you serious? So, you, you, you know, they've got to play smarter and you've got to get in, in – how can I put it? In the mental aspect, you've got to play every game. Like this is the game. This this could be the game that yeah. propels us to the Super Bowl, whether it will or yeah, not. Yeah, you got to play. My you got to play example, every down. My biggest, the biggest example of that is when we watched the Bears in the 2005 season go to the Super Bowl in 2006. Were they the greatest team out there? No, but. Their chemistry and in their mind, they were going to the Super Bowl. You weren't going to tell them they were not, which which is how Denny Green's um, famous interview was going. You were not going to tell them that they were not going. And Rex Grossman was the quarterback, and still these guys, when Peanut Tillman and Nate Basher and and Lance Briggs and Brian Erlacher, they were really, really young at that time on this team, but you were not going to tell them that they weren't going to the Super Bowl. It was not the greatest style of play. The defense played like little monsters. I don't even know if they were listening to Love you. I think they were just out there like, street football, let's get it. Ass off. You know, <laughs> like, whatever. They were going to go to the Super Bowl. They probably should have focused more on winning the Super Bowl if they got there, but their whole goal was they were going to win. And they were beating teams. They weren't even. They wouldn't even be blowouts. They were beating teams, and people were like, "Okay, not only can we not stop everybody else, but will somebody get this Devin has to do to keep running these touchdowns?" I mean, it, it was. Oh, they made a nuts, conscious decision to had, stop him in that game. They had that <laughs> mental chemistry that no matter what, they were going to win as many games, whatever it took to get to the Super Bowl. So once you get that in your head and you get that chemistry going, we see it a lot with, with the Patriots. I know we've brought up the Patriots quite a few times. We see it a lot with them. A lot of people peg it as arrogance, but they kind of breathe that in them like, dude, we're going all the way or, or it's nothing. And so you have right. to play every single game. Like cannot be in a game 
and you have seven minutes left to the end of regulation. Seven minutes. And, of course, in football, that's like 30. But you got seven minutes left. See, timeouts, delay games, or whatever happens. Right, everything. We don't shout out. We last four plays. Right. Exactly. You know, whatever whatever um, we can do right now to make these last seven minutes feel like an hour. <laughs> exactly. Is what's gonna happen. But you gotta finish. You gotta you gotta have that last win to not let another team come back in that short amount of time and almost, you know, claim a victory. So that's that, to bring it back full circle, you're saying that's the that's one of the things that the Vikings need to clean up so they don't know the tackling they need to clean up so they're not allowing other people back in the game. Exactly. Exactly. Well, they, you know, they the, do. It's, it's also the there, there are a lot of bad from, from that standpoint. If you do that, once you do, you can't get down. See, teams unfortunately they have they're like most teams, you know, in their infancy, if you will. Um, and I'm just saying that only because they only had Teddy for three. This is his third season. So in the infancy under Teddy Bridgewater as he grows. When your defense, like I said before in the meeting, it doesn't matter how hard you hit people if you can't tackle them. The only thing you do when you hit somebody that hard with your shoulder stuff is really messing your body up. I got to yeah. play with a, and I, and a friend I agree. of mine. And I've seen a lot you know, of hits. A friend of mine. Yeah, man. Right, but you're not taking anybody down, and all you're doing is hitting people, and you're gonna blow your shoulder out. Because I ha- I had a teammate do that in college. That's how the, that's how he tackled tackled people. Was he hit them with his shoulder? Now I've seen him decleat fools like that, but he paid for it because he had to wear a shoulder brace, and then he eventually threw his shoulder out because he wouldn't because he would not tackle. So when you when you when you are up like Cass said, you know you got seven minutes left, and you you about to lose a game because of silly mistake, basic mistakes of tackling, wrapping up, driving through the runner, driving through the ball, whatever you have to do in order to make right. sure that Touching that score does can. not go up. You know, you know those and, types yeah. of things. Not like, oh, man, we got this. It's seven minutes to go. They ain't going to come back. What? This is football, fool. Everybody can come back. <laughs> If you get last Aaron Rodgers with his ninety yard pass plays all in the air, you know what I'm saying. And so it's so it's one of those games where you cannot take for granted your lead. You have to play all the way through. That means down every down counts as the first down. Every time you out there, it's all the way through until the final whistle blows until the clock says zero. If you're not playing all the way through to zero, why are you out there? Because all you're gonna do is you're gonna make you're gonna make your teammates mad. You're gonna be mad at yourself. You're gonna make the fans mad. You're gonna make everybody mad. Not everybody pissed because you can't finish off a game. You know. So I mean, and, and especially when you when you're better than that. When you are better than that, they have one of the best defenses in the NFC North. But you can't tell what they you know by by because they won't hold people. Once they get them down, they don't put they don't just drive the ball into them. I was they don't keep that um, foot on their necks. Right, they don't keep they don't keep they don't keep driving the driving the point home. No, you cannot score. No, you cannot score. Oh, we let you have that one, but guess what? You can't have these next three. What? That's all it is. It is simply putting forth the effort of saying, "Is I don't care what you do, you're not putting that ball in the end zone." During this game, and if you might get you might get us on a couple, but we gonna but we gonna bend, but we're not gonna break. Breaking is allowing them to come back. That's if you allow them to come back, you you've broken at some point. 
because now they now they figured out they can exploit you with seven minutes to go. Like, oh, they gonna quit now. They took they took. Let's put the gas on because we got them on the. Now we can go ahead and do our thing because they gonna give it to us. That's that's what needs to change. No, that's that's the one thing. Be. So I definitely want to. I want them to stay consistent on offense, which looks like they've they're being pretty pretty consistent. So I can only see that getting better. Just watch the penalties. Watch the tackling, especially when they get those big leads. Because, of course, the other team is playing, too. They're definitely trying to get back in the game to cut that lead and do the sneak attack win. So we're going to see today the Vikings are actually out on the field at the U.S. Bank Stadium. The um, preseason game today is up against the Chargers. So we're going to see what they've done over the week to rectify a lot of the the issues for the first two games that they were able to see, especially in the tackling aspect, even opening tackling was a little, ugh. so hopefully I would love to see the Minnesota Vikings take that NFC North crown again. We'll have to wait and see when the season starts. They've got some pretty stiff competition, you know, throughout the season. So let's see how they handle it. So we are coming to the close of the show and always before we exit the show, a lot of controversial topics come up, and, and we talk about them. A lot of funny things happen in the NFL. Um, one of the stranger things that has happened in the NFL, while we are not opposed to um, seeing his name mentioned in the same sentence as injury, we didn't think it would come as early as the preseason. So the Cowboys have Tony Romo, who did play. Tony Romo was injured. He does have a broken bone in his back, and he is out five to six weeks to recuperate. So Dallas Cowboy fans, get ready for your second stringer. And they are even there are even talks all over social media now as should they just put Tony on IR and just trade for a quarterback and just be done with Tony Romo for the season. So we'll have to see how that plays out. What do you guys think? I want Dak Prescott to get his chance. Well, he got it. I'm pretty sure it's not how he wanted it, but he got it. <laughs> hey, that, I'm that injury saying, I think, chance. I think, I think he may, I that think injury he may chance has made careers. For it. You know, I mean, but, man, you know, hey, it's the same thing. That, isn't that what, how um, Tom Brady got his chance? Yeah. got his chance during the season that a particular player was having like season. Yeah, injuries make careers. So, I mean, for some people, and they break careers for others. So, I mean, it's sad that uh, – I agree with you. We had, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we stayed in the meeting. None of us feel that Tony Romo should have been playing at all anyway. He was I hurt don't. last I season. I definitely don't. He's, you know, he was hurt last season. He was hurt the season before. Everybody knows this guy gets hurt. So, we are – we cannot well, understand why. playing more than two or three, se- two or three series. He was he playing clear into the late into the game in that exactly. game. Exactly. That's cold. the whole point. I mean, put him in for the first two series and take him out. Okay. He got his little touches. This is your starting quarterback. And I'm watching the hit He now. got folded. Yeah, he was folded. Yeah, that he was, went, yeah, he went that down. Was, the way he went down is what caused his back. To, and that, I mean, it, he's got – He exposed his back. Well, he probably thought, you know, the, the O-line had his well, you back. Know, of which they did not. Well, well, he was. But well, here's Maybe. the thing: he was sliding. He was sliding when he got hit. So if you watch the video, and I'm watching it right yeah, now, I've watched it a couple times. Yeah, it's it's not the most you know 
it, it, it's not dog. good. It looked like it hurt. You know, he was sliding in. I'm Can sure you imagine? You... On his... <laughs> it looked like he hurt. Yeah. What the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. All right, so moving right along, another controversial um, situation that's come up was, you know, the Colin Kaepernick situation, 49ers. He um, chose not to stand for the national anthem. He will not be the first person, nor the last person, in my opinion, to feel this way. When he was asked, he gave his his opinion, and the fact that his coach was very clear on, Chip Kelly was very clear on stating, I cannot tell a grown man how to protest something that they feel strongly about. So I want to hear what you guys think, because I, I get that, it's, you know, whether you liked it, whether you didn't, supposed to be um, freedom of speech and expression. So you know, I with loved, that does come whatever you think. A few whatever you think of Colin Kaepernick, I loved how he stood on his his principles. Him saying that how can I stand for a flag that represents a country that clearly does not protect blacks and uh, and people and other people of color. He stood on it. When he was asked the question, he was prepared with his answer. I loved how. Chip Kelly, his head coach, whatever you think his relationship with Colin Kaepernick, he came with a perfect answer. Who am I to tell a grown man how to protest, how to protest? I loved that. And as many people that have gotten mad about standing with the flag and putting your hand over a heart with your flag, I think they were upset about that, but I think they were more upset with him being honest about his opinion. Well, of I course, think people would have been upset, but I think they they did not like how he was he was direct and honest about his opinion. They did not like it at all. Well, you know, well, it you comes know, down to what, what to people. Is that, and I mean, it, it is it is supposedly supposed to be a free country, and so he's entitled to sit if he you know if he wants to, and and the state of his reason why he doesn't need to need the okay of anyone to do it. That's the great thing about it. It's not he's not doing it for you. He's doing it because of what he feels is right. And if you can't uh, support his decision, then you don't have to support his decision. That's your choice, too. No, but I don't think he really cares whether you do or don't. I certainly wouldn't be one of those. You know, but the great <laughs> thing about it yeah. is that, you know, along with Chip Kelly, the NFL is behind them, too. He said, you know, they made a statement that says the players are encouraged but not required to stand during the playing of the national anthem. So it's not something that, they too. have to do. So why everybody's up in the uproar? Are you going to say that I'm not patriotic, or he's not patriotic, or some of the athletes that you all have said are not, you know, patriotic like that? Gabby Douglas, um, Gabby Douglas. I'm sorry, I mean, mess up your name, sweetheart. Um, who, if you really do your research, she comes from a military background, and if you've ever been to and any they, military yeah. function, they 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 do not put their hands on their heart. They either stand at the at attention or put their hands on the heart or their uh, or yeah. or salute. So yeah. citizens are the only ones who put their hands on their heart. We're the only ones who do that. So. Get your facts straight. Stop tripping. Let these people do what they feel is right in the support of others, you know, and and not and because they're not being selfish about it. So I don't understand how you can't uh, why why are you being selfish about something that has nothing to do with you unless you feel that way and unless it addresses you, then you just have to do something. And another big word for today would be called cognitive dissonance. <laughs> you need to work on that. <laughs> 
That is when you see something and you You're know giving it's him wrong. two words, Michael. You two words in hey, one Hey, man. I know. We got to hey, we got to grow him up. We got Man, you giving them homework, dog. <laughs> You know, and and that is right. you can look it up, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that um, I'm I'm definitely 100% behind him and his decision, and support him in his protest as well as others. Just like you know, Dwayne Wade. Speaking of Dwayne Wade, our condolences to him and his family. Um, his cousin was shot here in Chicago while she was walking down the street with her two-year-old daughter, um, hit by a stray bullet between two gentlemen who were, you know, obviously shooting at each other. So um, our condolences out to his family, uh, to her family. Um, no one likes to have to bury a loved one, especially when the virus is senseless, as it is it as it has been around here as of late. So um, I think we only have a few more minutes to go. Uh, uh, Twenty-eight seconds, can... actually. Yeah, we're, we're actually. You can find the show on www.blogtalkradio.com slash footballfanrushradio. You can also make it searchable in the Apple Podcast app. Uh, just type in Football Fan Rush. You can also find the show on the TuneIn Radio app and just do a search for Football Fan Rush Radio. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you all 